welcome to another episode of Talk Your Thought by Katsuragi. Okay, for today, I'm going to be having a read with me again from the book of Edith Hamilton's Mythology. Today, I'm going to be reading Europa, Europa's story. But the first thing I have to look into before I start this is a pronunciation of EO or IO. For today's story, I'm going to be calling her if ever she's going to be mentioned EO because that is what most of the narratives I've heard about her. So, yeah, let us just start and get right into the story of Europa. geographical fame because Zeus fell in love with her. There was another known far more widely, Europa, the daughter of the king of Sidon. But whereas the wretched Io had to pay dearly for the distinction, Europa was exceedingly fortunate. Except for a few moments of terror when she found herself crossing the deep sea on the back of a bull, she did not suffer at all. The story does not say what Hera was about at the time, but it is clear that she was off guard and her husband free to do as he pleased. Up in heaven one spring morning, as he idly watched the earth, Zeus suddenly saw a charming spectacle. Europa had waked early, troubled just as Io had been by a dream. Only this time not of a god who loved her, but of two continents who each in the shape of a woman tried to possess her. Asia saying that she had given her birth and therefore owned her, and the other, as yet nameless, declaring that Zeus would have given the maiden to her. Once awake from this strange vision, which had come at dawn, the time when true dreams oftenest visit mortals, Europa decided not to try to go to sleep again, but to summon her companions, girls born in the same year as herself and all of the noble birth, to go out with her to the lovely blooming meadows near the sea. Here was their favorite meeting place. Whether they wanted to dance or bathe their fair bodies at the river mouth or gather flowers. This time, all had brought baskets. Knowing that the flowers were now at their perfection, Europa's was of gold, exquisitely chased with figures which showed, oddly enough, the story of Io her journeys in the shape of a cow, the death of Argus, and Zeus lightly touching her with his divine hand and changing her back into a woman. It was, as may be perceived, a marvel worth gazing upon and had been made by no less of a personage than Hephaestus, the celestial workman of Olympus. Lovely as the basket was, there were flowers as lovely to fill it with, sweet-smelling narcissus and hyacinths, and violets and yellow crocus, and most radiant of all, the crimson splendor of the wild rose. The girls gathered them delightedly, wandering here and there over the meadow, each one of the maiden, fairest among the fair, yet even so, Europa shone out among them as the goddess of love, outshines the sister graces. As it 
was that very goddess of love who brought about what happened next. As Zeus in heaven watched the pretty scene, she who alone can conquer Zeus, along with her son, the mischievous boy Cupid, shot one of her shafts into his heart, and that very instant he fell madly in love with Europa. Even though Hera was away, he thought it was well to be cautious, and before appearing to Europa, he changed himself into a bull. Not such a fine as you might see in a stall or grazing in a field, but one beautiful beyond all bulls that ever were. Bright chestnut in color, with a silver circle on his brow and horns, like the crescent of the young moon. He seemed so gentle as well as so lo- lovely that girls were not frightened at his coming, but gathered around him to caress and to breathe the heavenly fragrance that came from him. Sweeter even than that of the flowery meadow, it was Europa he drew toward, and as she gently touched him, he lo- he lowed so musically, no flute could give forth a more melodious sound. Then he lay down before her feet and seemed to show her his broad back, and she cried to the others to come with her and mount him. For surely he will bear us on his back. He is so mild and dear and gentle to behold. He is not like a bull, but like a good true man, except he cannot speak. Smiling, she sat down on his back, but the others, quick though they were to follow her, had no chance. The bull lit up and at full speed rushed to the seashore and then not into but over the wide water. As he went, the waves grew smooth before him and the whole procession rose up from the deep and accompanied him the strange sea gods, nereids riding upon dolphins, the tritons blowing their horns, and the mighty master of the sea himself, Zeus's own brother. Europa frightened equally by the wondrous creatures she saw and the moving waters all around, clung with one hand to the bull's great horn and with the other caught up with her purple dress to keep it dry and the winds. Swelled out the deep folds even as a sail, swells on a ship and ever gently does, they wafted her. No bull could this be, thought Europa, but most certainly a god. And she spoke pleadingly to him, begging him to pity her and not leave her in some strange place all alone. He spoke to her in answer and showed her she had guessed rightly what he was. She had no cause to to fear, he told her. He was Zeus, the greatest of gods, and all he was doing was was from love of her. He was taking her to Crete in his own island, where his mother had hidden him from the Cronus when he was born, and there she would bear him. Glorious sons, whose scepters shall hold sway over all men on earth. Everything happened, of course, as Zeus had said. Crete came into sight, they landed, and the seasons, the gatekeepers of Olympus, arrayed her for her bridal. Her sons were famous men, not only in, in this world, but in the next, where two of them, Minos and Radamanthus, 
were rewarded for their justice upon the earth by being made the judges of the dead. But her own name remains the best known of all. That is the end of the story of Europa. It is quite short as well as anticlimactic. No drama. No too much drama except that, you know, Cupid played a big role in Jesus falling in love with Europa. I'll be reading more about Asia since uh, she was mentioned as one of the continents that were in the dream of Europa. And I'm quite, I'm quite curious about it because I'm from Asia. I am from the Philippines. So, Alright, so according to the GreekBoston.com, Asia was one of the most well-known of all the sea nymphs. She is known for being the wife of the titan god Iapetus. And she is from the family of Oceanid. This is a specific tribe of names that were daughters of Oceanus and Tethys. Contrary to the freshwater nymphs, Oceanids were more powerful. They governed the ocean, which were referred to in ancient times as the all-circling river. As ancient Greeks had thought that Afro-Eurasia was an island surrounded by ocean. In their mind, there was no Americas or Australia. Asia is one of the 41 oceanids described by the classical poet Hesiod. Being a daughter of two major deities, Asia possessed the power to shape and direct the world's oceans along with her 3,000. Wow, 3,000 sisters. So there are legends involving Asia. Not much is known about Asia herself, so quite unfortunate for me, I won't be able to know her story. So this alludes to the controversy surrounding her specific legend. Apollodorus, an ancient Greek theologian who cataloged many of the region's first mythological texts, claims that Asia was the wife of Iapetus, a titan who fathered more well-known deities like Atlas and Prometheus which is the, the story of I mean the next story that I'll be reading Prometheus however Herodotus the first to suggest that the continent's Asia was originally named after this ocean nymph claims that Asia was wife not mother to Prometheus furthermore local traditions such as the Lydian sect of Hellenis Hellenism had different origin stories for Asia and her family. So that is quite confusing now because there were stories claiming that Asia was the mother of Prometheus, but then there are others who claim that she is the wife of Prometheus, not the mother. So the implications of Asia's story. So Asia's story is indicative of a larger problem with scholarship surrounding mythology, beliefs change, Asia's mystery, and the controversy surrounding her very existence and lineage shows this. A powerful ocean spirit responsible for much of the world's tides and storms doesn't have her own unifying legend or mythos. 
scholarship of mythology is surprisingly subjective. Most mythological figures have numerous interpretations, and Asia is one of the most eye-opening examples of that. Asia may seem like a minor player in the Greek myths and legends, however, this couldn't be further from the truth. She was singled out as a vital part in some of the stories. Over the years, her mystery and her controversy reminds mythology enthusiasts how just how much more intriguing some of the characters are than the others. And I cannot really say or agree more to this because as you can see, Asia was just mentioned in Europa's story but I am more curious about her than the story of Europa. <laughs> I feel like Europa's story is quite boring but Asia being that she is able I feel like she is able to get into the dreams of another just like Zeus um, that really says a lot about her power and quite interesting as well Asia is able to create storms and the likes as it was claimed in one of the history or story about her and that is quite true with most Asian countries so that is pretty accurate um, of course it is a representation of what is true and what is not that is how mythology works you know what i realized is that i am reading edith hamilton's interpretation instead of actually reading the story of the greek mythology you know if that makes sense but yeah it's still maybe it's kind of like a, a new perspective that, on how I'll be reading the book again because there might be instances where if I read it myself from the Odyssey or from other books I might think differently just like how Asia may be a mother or a wife of Prometheus <laughs> this is really controversial actually I feel like she is one of those Hollywood actors or not, not exactly Hollywood actors but you know, actors in the show business they just have this a lot of like personal hidden hidden personal stories that they don't want the public to know Asia has done great because nobody can't even confirm anything because of she just briefly introduced herself in many different stories in Greek mythology but she played a good role or a big role in many of the stories maybe i've just read one which she is involved with so let us just um see when i read through all of the stories here in this book i'm like, quite excited actually to be hearing more about asia <laughs> it's not greek mythology anymore but anyway i just hope you enjoyed today's episode and i'll maybe sorry you'll be hearing me next time